Good morning. Good morning. Uh, there, I had to make sure my microphone was on. Otherwise, no one would hear me. Well, as those of you who came in who use our hearing aid devices noticed, we have them back, which is great. The closet, we've got a rekeyed, I've got a spare now, so in the event that that key ever goes missing, I have a backup, which is exciting. It's good to be with you all today. It was a little chilly out there, so we got the heat on nice and early, which feels good, and it's so good to worship with all of you. Now, I want to address the elephant in the room. I know some of you are wondering, when in the world is Pastor Sam going to tame his beard? No, you're not wondering that? (laughs) Well, I'm growing it out for my Halloween costume, so be on the lookout on Tuesday. I'll be walking around with my fun Halloween costume, and my beard is part of my costume, so I had to grow it out for that purpose. Well, it's good to be with you today. We're going to uh, sing, as we have done the previous week, a cappella. We are still waiting for some of our musicians to recover and also get back into our schedule of uh, them being in the routine of helping us with playing music. Um, We're hopeful and praying for them to recover as well as to be able to come back and play. But the hymns that I've chosen today are ones I'm familiar with, and if you're not familiar, that's okay. Uh, As I said last week, I will sing the first verse, and those of you who know, jump right in. Uh, If you're not familiar, you'll get the tune as we go, and we'll sing together, lifting up our praises with our own voices. And to that end, we'll begin with our first hymn, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. All hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him, Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown To his call, to him all majesty ascribe and crown him Lord of all. To him all majesty ascribe and crown him Lord of all. Oh, that with all the sacred throng we at his feet may fall, we'll join the everlasting song and crown him Lord of all. We'll join the everlasting song and crown him. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Happy are those who follow the ways of the Lord. God has ways of just and merciful. 
Those who follow God's ways are continually nourished in faith. Come, let us be nourished by the living water. O Lord God, you are the holy lawgiver. You are the salvation of your people. By your Spirit, renew us in your covenant of love and train us to care tenderly for all our neighbors. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. And now for our first reading of Scripture. Our first reading... Our first reading is Leviticus 19, 1-2, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel, and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. You shall not render an unjust judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor or defeat to the great, <clears throat> divide to the great, with justice you shall judge your neighbor. You shall not go around as a slander among your people, and you shall not prof- profit by the blood of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate in your heart anyone of your kin. You shall reprove your neighbor, and you will incur guilt yourself. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am your Lord. The word of the Lord. Our lectionary psalm for today is Psalm 1, and we'll be reading it responsively. Some of the slides are the text for one reader is the whole slide, like this one, but you'll be responding in a moment. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment. Nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. And now for our next hymn, Immortal, Invisible, God Only Wise. <clears throat> Immortal, invisible, God only wise, enlightened, accessible, hid from our eyes, most blessed, most glorious, the 
ancient of days, Almighty, victorious, thy great name we praise. Unresting, unhasting, and silent as light, nor wanting, nor wasting, thou rulest in might. Thy justice, like mountains high soaring above, thy clouds, which are fountains of goodness and love. To all life thou givest, to both great and small, in all life thou livest, the true life of all. We blossom and flourish as leaves on the tree, and wither and perish, but not change thee. Great Father of glory, pure Father of light, thine angels adore thee, all failing their sight. All praise we would render, all help us to see, tis only the splendor of light hideth And now for our second reading of Scripture. Leviticus 1, Thessalonians 2, verses 1 through 8. You yourselves know, brothers and sisters, that our coming to you was not in vain, but though we had already suffered and been shamefully maltreated at Philippi, as you know, we had courage in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in spite of great opposition. For our appeal does not spring from deceit or impure motives or trickery, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the message of the gospel, even so we speak, not to please mortals, but to please God who tests our hearts. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> as you know, and as God is our witness, we never came with words of flattery or with pretext for greed, nor did we seek praise from mortals, whether from you or from others though we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, like a nurse tenderly caring for our own children. So deeply do we care for you that we are determined to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you have become very clear to us the word of our Lord. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Glory to you, Lord. 
When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them this question, What do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. He said to them, How is it then that David, by the Spirit, calls him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If David thus calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one was able to give him an answer, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. The Gospel of our Lord. There's an entire branch of philosophy dedicated to thinking through questions of right and wrong. It's called ethics. Ethics may be the most practical of all the branches of philosophical study. It is the foundation, after all, for our understanding of law. It is utilized in understanding right and wrong practices in medicine, academia, and many other major sectors of culture. There are, of course, sectors where intentional investment in ethics is sorely lacking or inconsistently applied, but ethics is very important. As it happens, I have the privilege of serving as one of the members of the Ethics Committee for Front Porch, one of our 19 communities under which Front Porch uh, cares for, and I, along with dozens of others, talk through questions of ethics regarding how we do our work. Within Christian tradition, there have been many conversations around the ethics of various things over 2,000 years of church history. It may be tempting to assume that all Christians agree on ethics, but that is unfortunately not the case. For example, some Christians would argue that the death penalty is justified as a form of punishment, while others would argue it isn't. There are many issues like this and others that Christians disagree on when it comes to ethics. And that is the case across the board, even beyond Christianity to other religions and cultures as well. So how do we determine what is right and what is wrong? That, my friends, is a tremendously challenging question sometimes. In some cases, it's easy. Like, should I steal my friend's car because I like it a lot? <laughs> eh, wrong. Should I yell at someone because I don't like how they dress? Eh, wrong. <laughs> should I eat cookies or donuts? That, my friends, is a fallacy. It's a false dichotomy. You do not have to choose. Just take one of each. <laughs> now, if you're interested in learning more about this, I invite you to join me for my philosophy class this Friday. Friday, November 3rd at 10.30, we'll be talking about logic and how we work through and understand what is true and what isn't. 
Seriously, though, ethics is vitally important for us to discuss. We need to think through scenarios and wrestle with questions of ethics in order to grow in our wisdom and our insight. What is right in some situations may not be right in others, so on and so forth. Our Gospel text from Matthew 22 today holds one of the core teachings of Jesus and of Christian tradition. We refer to it as the Great Commandment. Nothing could be more important for us to wrestle with. As the text relayed, we read that story just a moment ago, I read it for you, a lawyer comes to Jesus and asks, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? And Jesus responded with these words, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now these two commands sound simple, at least in the sense that they're short. (laughs) I'm thankful the great commandment is not 45 paragraphs long because that would be far more difficult to apply. However, although it is short, it can be tremendously difficult to live into. For example, what happens when we encounter someone who is consistently abrasive and mean toward us, even when we are kind and patient with them? How do we love them as a neighbor when they're mistreating us? Another example, how do we love our neighbor, maybe who steals from us? Or how do we love God when we're angry at God? Or how do we love ourselves when we have an inner critic that's really loud and likes to berate us and make us feel low? You see, living into the great commandment can be messy and frustrating and tremendously difficult. And yet, Jesus made it clear, this is not the great suggestion It's the great commandment. A great commandment comes with very important responsibilities. Suggestions you can ignore, and that's okay. But commandments, on the other hand, become very important. So we're going to take each of these facets of the great commandment one at a time this morning. But it's vital for us to see that all of them are essential. You don't just get to pick one and say, that's the one I'm going to focus on. We are called in the Great Commandment to love God, to love others, and to love ourselves. So first, what does it mean to love God? Just as in any relationship where we want to express love, there are basic essentials. You can't love someone who you don't listen to. You can't love someone you don't listen to. You can't love someone you don't spend time with. You can't love someone you don't care for and serve and give to. This makes total sense when we think about it in terms of our spouses, our friends, our neighbors here in community, the Sunnyview staff, right? So on and so forth. But how do we do that with a person, a real person who we can't see all the time? How do we love God? The Great Commandment lays out this all-encompassing way of describing our love of God with all our hearts, with all our souls, with all our mind. In another version of it, in another gospel, it includes with all our strength. It's a hyperbolic way of saying, love God with all of you. Love God with all of yourself. Does that make sense? 
Alright, just checking in to make sure that the nice warm temperature in here is not putting us all to sleep. At the root, to love God is to listen and pay attention to God. I recently reread a short book by a 16th century monk named Brother Lawrence titled Practicing the Presence of God. Practicing the Presence of God. I highly recommend this tiny little paperback book. It lays out a simple premise that we can be attentive and aware of God all the time. When we're brushing our teeth, when we're eating meals, when we're taking a walk, when we're talking to a friend, when we're reading a book, when we're going on an errand, when we're eating a cookie and a donut simultaneously. We can be attentive to God everywhere, all the time. Brother Lawrence doesn't sugarcoat it for us. He makes it clear that paying attention to God like this takes practice and intentionality. We have to practice listening, practice paying attention to God. In his book, Brother Lawrence said, there is no sweeter manner of living in the world than continuous communion with God. In another place, he says, my day-to-day life consists of giving God my simple, loving attention. I love that line. My day-to-day life. My day-to-day life consists of giving God my simple and loving attention. Simple and loving attention. That's where we lean into this first portion of the Great Commandment. We can ask ourselves, how well am I doing at listening to God? How well am I doing at paying attention to what God is doing in me and doing through me? How well am I noticing God? If we're paying attention, my friends, we will see God everywhere. In dark places, in bright, beautiful places, and everywhere in between. The second part of the commandment. What does it mean to love others? Just as with our relationship with God, our relationship with others is to be defined by love. So how do we show love to other people? There are so many ways. Here are two simple ones that we can implement every single day. Listening and giving. Listening and giving. We cannot overestimate the power of what listening does to other people in showing them true love and compassion. To be truly heard by another person is a central need we all have. To truly listen to another person is one of the greatest gifts you can give another human being. To truly listen to them. Take time each day to truly listen to another person without thinking about how you're going to respond, without sharing something about yourself in return, without offering advice or suggestions, just listen and actively show them you are listening. Ask curious questions. Focus the attention of the conversation on what they share. Tell me more is a great phrase to invite someone to keep going and talking so you can listen. All of us need human connection. All of us can be conduits for showing amazing and powerful love to other people through the beautiful art of listening. In addition to listening, there's giving. 
We can be creative and give someone five minutes of our time. We can help someone we can tell is in need. We can ask other people what they need. How can I bless you today? God, it turns out, is a giver. It's in God's nature to give. Every good gift comes from God, the scriptures say. As we follow God, and we are more shaped by God's character, we start to discover the joy of giving. This incomparable joy that happens when we give to other people. And the giving doesn't have to be financial, and it doesn't have to be overwhelming. Every little gift, every little act of generosity and service creates joy and blessing and beauty. So pay attention for the opportunities you will have to give in some form or another. You can combine portions of the first and second parts of the commandment every day. When you wake up, you can say this prayer. Lord, show me one person today who I can bless and help. This prayer keeps your eyes open to the opportunity when it comes, and it may also very well be the conduit for you to practice listening. Because if you've asked God for that, to show him where you can serve someone, you're listening for his voice. For where he will put someone across your path who you can bless. And if you keep your eyes open, you may find that God orchestrates a new person sitting next to you at a meal, or brings a neighbor to your door, or happen to pass by someone in the hallway who's crying and needs encouragement. You'll find these opportunities every single day. So we've covered loving God. We've covered loving others. Third and finally, what does it mean to truly love ourselves? I can't tell you how many sermons I've heard, how many lectures and teaching and seminars I've received from pastors, theologians, teachers, and speakers who talk about the great commandment, and they wax eloquently about loving God, and they forcefully pound the pulpit on what it means to love others, but they never mention the third part of the command. They never talk about it. Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Loving yourself is part of the great commandment. So how do we do that? Well, there are numerous facets of loving ourselves. We're called to love our bodies, our minds, our hearts, and our souls. Loving yourself means eating healthy, exercising, getting rest. Loving yourself means honoring your emotions, noticing the stressors and the triggers, and naming and rebuking those things that come from your inner critic. Loving yourself means showing yourself grace, compassion, and forgiveness. Loving yourself means feeding your intellect and your mind with reading and learning and new challenging thoughts. Loving yourself means seeing yourself as God sees you. That's where part one and part three intersect. For some of us, loving ourselves is tremendously difficult. In order to love ourselves truly and effectively, we need to see ourselves as God sees us. That's the beginning of self-love. In his most well-known book, Life of the Beloved, Henry Nouwen writes, Every time you listen 
with great attentiveness to the voice that calls you the beloved, you will discover within yourself a desire to hear that voice longer and more deeply. It is like discovering a well in the desert. He's talking about hearing God say to you, you are beloved. If you've never read Henry Nouwen's book, Life of the Beloved, I cannot recommend it enough. I've given it away and recommended it more than any other book in my time in ministry. And at its heart, the book is about receiving the gift of God's love so that we can love ourselves, fulfilling the third portion of the great commandment. We are called to love God. We are called to love others. We are called to love ourselves. This is Christianity's core commandment. It's all interconnected. You'll find that as you love yourself more, you will grow in love of others and God. As you love God more, you will grow in loving yourself and others, so on and so forth. You can't just do one. They're all interwoven with each other. So as you pay attention to the voice of love this week, listen for the whisper of God that says, Florence, I love you. Maggie, I love you. Will, I love you. Clarice, I love you. Carol, I love you. Son or daughter, I love you. That whispering voice, that's the voice of God. God's voice carries love to you. And it is meant to define your identity. It is meant to be the root and foundation of your true self. And the more we listen to that voice, the more we fill with love, the more we are shaped by love, the more we can give love away, the more we will come to love even ourselves. God loves us. God invites us and calls us to love Him in return. God calls us to love others and to love ourselves. This is the great commandment. And Jesus went on to say, all of the law and the prophets hinge upon this. Wow! All of the law and prophets hinge upon this. This is the most important thing. May we be known... May we be known for our tremendous, crazy, wild, and reckless love. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to continue our service with our next hymn, Blessed Be the Tie That Binds. <coughs> Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love, the fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. Before our Father's throne, we pour. Our mutual burdens bear. 
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. And now we will receive our offering. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, love. In your loving covenant, you have given us everything, including each other. As we dedicate our gifts, we commit to our half of your covenant to give freely and love impartially. In Christ we pray. Amen. As we come to our time of the prayers for the congregation, we do this each week as a way to be connected and also to serve one another as we gather in worship. We gather also in prayer, recognizing that as we gather, some of us come with heavy burdens, things that we're walking through in our life journey that tax us and weigh heavy on our hearts and minds and bodies. Additionally, we also may come this morning to worship with burdens that we carry for others. Maybe there's someone in your life who's going through a very difficult time a friend, a family member, a neighbor, a staff member here at Sunnyview you're close to. Maybe there's someone on your mind who you're praying for, or many people. And even beyond the things that we are going through and that we care for for others, there are the big issues that face our world. Wars and conflicts, massive needs in other places as well as close to home. And so we're mindful of all the things from our own sphere of influence even out to global issues. And so whatever those may be this morning, I want to invite you, if you would like us to pray for something that's weighing heavy on your heart and mind, I invite you to indicate that now by raising your hand. Let us pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for your faithfulness and your grace, and above all, for your love. As we gather in this place, and we've been worshiping, praising you, we recognize that we come imperfect, we come broken ourselves, we come with needs. 
In addition to the needs that we carry, the challenges we face, we also come with burdens for loved ones, people we care about, who we are praying for because of what they're going through. In addition to that, Lord, as we've raised these hands, some of us are aware of and concerned for big issues facing our whole planet. And we lift those up to you as well. We thank you, Lord, that you hear every one of our prayers. No prayer is lost to you. And so as we lift these prayer requests up to you, we ask you for faith to trust you with each of these needs. We pray for healing where it is needed, for faith where it is needed, for love to grow where it is needed. We pray for light to overcome darkness. We pray for peace. We pray, Lord, for hope that shines through and encourages us that you are near, you are active, you are present. You are not at a distance. We don't have to wake you up. You're always there. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. We pray all of these in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. And together, praying the prayer Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And now for our final hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy. <clears throat> holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall rise to Beside me, 
Join us for food and fellowship in the plum room following the service. <laughs> 